Fay Ray. <coughs> Janet Lee. <coughs> Adrian King. <coughs> Heather Langenkamp. <coughs> Amy Steele. <coughs> that weatherman who saw the cockroach. That oh my God! Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> and you. Come on. You know you wanna. Let her rip. There. Now don't you feel better. You are now officially a Scream Queen. Come play with the rest of us at www.screamqueens.com. That's Queens with a Z. Or you could subscribe to us on iTunes. Either way, it's going to be fucking fabulous. The Scream Queens Horror Podcast. It's where horror gets bent. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you! And welcome back to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. You know what? This is episode 16, which means only one thing. This is my super sweet 16. Emphasis on super. Tonight, we're taking one last delve into the dark underworld of the New York City haunted house attractions when I go and check out the number one house in town, the Nightmare House. Where I'm forced to face all my superstitions. And then the aliens are coming. The aliens are coming. The aliens are coming. And they didn't bring a wet nap. I got to check out an advanced screening of the new sci-fi thriller Skyline. And this is one light you do not want to cross over into, Carol Ann. Stay away from this light. So everybody, totally get on your best outfit from Forever 21 and totally meet me on my daddy's yacht because, oh my God, I'm having this amazing party and Cisco is going to be there and I'm going to be a on this whole Egyptian float thing and it's gonna be carried by muscle man and there's gonna be an eye sculpture that looks like me and 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 I'm probably gonna have a spontaneous abortion in the girls toilet and wind up crying but oh my god it's gonna be amazing and it's all starting right after this important message that was the worst sweet 16 imitation ever why am I hello is anyone out there this is brother D is is anyone else alive you know, you'd think with all the zombie movies I watch and review for Mail Order Zombie over at www.mailorderzombie.com, I would have been better prepared for the zombie uprising. I mean, every week I'd watch anywhere from one to three zombie movies, and my wife, Miss Bren, would join me in every episode to go over listener mail and even occasionally join me in a review of a zombie movie herself. But now, we woke up one morning and the zombies have taken over. Miss Bren went scouting for supplies, but she's been gone a long time, so I went out to look for her, and now now I just wish I'd stay home and watched more zombie movies for everyone, weeding out the good ones from the bad. What? Wait a minute. Who's there? Miss Bren? You're not Miss Bren. Oh, oh no! Send more podcasters. 
Okay, before I officially kick things off, I just wanted to say a huge, huge, huge thank you to Mr. Zombart who came up and visited me in New York City this weekend. We got to spend all day Saturday together, and it was really, really amazing. First, he took me to see Pee-wee's Playhouse on Broadway, which was awesome, and then I took him to see an off-Broadway experience called Play Dead, which was really scary. And in between, we drank and talked shit and made fun of Mr. Brad, so it was really super cool. And Zombart and I hopefully will be talking all about Play Dead on the next episode. Are you excited? Are you excited? Why aren't you excited? Get excited! God! It's my party and you're ruining it! Anyway, Zombart, it was an honor to hang out with you for the day. I look forward to meeting you again. Thank you so much for the ticket. Thank you so much for being cool. And I'm really sorry about your train ride home. That sucks. I blame Brad. Now, as some of you know, podcast award season is upon us. And initially, I didn't even consider doing a campaign at all, being a fledgling and everything. But I decided, you know what? You can't win it unless you're all up in it. So, if you like the show please head on over to www.podcastawards.com and nominate me in the categories of movies and film and LBGT. And I would be incredibly honored. Remember, you can only vote once. So if you're voting for other podcasts, make sure everything that you want to vote for is on this particular ballot because if you send in two, the whole thing's going to be null and void. But the important thing is that you nominate me. Because if I get a nomination, I'll let you hold my tiara. Maybe. Just for a minute. But, but, but we'll talk about it when I get nominated. Let's start the show. I was struck by lightning, walking down the street. I was hit by something last night in my sleep. It's a dead man's party. Who could ask for more? Everybody's coming. Leave your body at the door. Leave your body at the door. Just when you thought Halloween was over. Another haunted house review! Yay! Isn't this exciting? Yes, it turns out that the number one house in, in, in New York City, year after year after year, the Nightmare House, was open for a couple of weeks after Halloween. So, this past weekend, I got the opportunity to check it out because they were offering a hell of a good last-minute discount. Why the hell not, right? It's kind of my job now. Now, the Nightmare House is always a standout, especially for its design and its thought process. The creator of the house, Timothy Haskell, is incredibly imaginative, and the houses are always very well thought out. And every year, they have a different theme. Uh, I remember one year, it was phobias. Last year, I mentioned earlier, was vampires. The one previously had something to do with nightmares, but it wasn't called nightmares because then the house would have been called Nightmare Nightmares, and that's just stupid. And this year, it was superstitions. And I gotta say, I'm glad I went because I had a hell of a good time. Anyway, I found out the special, so I snuck over. There wasn't a hell of a lot of people there, which is not surprising because Halloween's over. But there were enough to, to make it fun. And as I get there, one of the uh, personnel hoards me over to a corner and is like, Oh, I'm taking your picture. And, you know, they're doing the theme park picture thing now. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. She puts up against this uh, bloody Virgin Mary statue. And just before she takes the pictures, I realize when I look closely that she's got rolls of Smarties jammed in her eyes. You know, the Smarty candies just jammed in her eyes. I'm like, that's curious. Okay. And I wish I had known exactly what was going on because everything happened so fast. 
She's like, get over here. I'm taking your picture. And I didn't realize it was a souvenir picture because, you know, the Virgin Mary's standing there. She's got her hands outspread. And I would have gotten down and I will put my hands in her hands and, like, give a nice Vogue shot, you know, good for, for the Scream Queens. But instead, I got a picture of me looking gawk-eyed at the camera like, eh, it's like a DMV photo. Oh, well, next year I'm prepared. So I'm waiting on the line and it's, it's, there's not much of a line. I'm getting put in with a group of um, two other couples. So this is already kind of awkward. And when the time comes for us to be let in, uh, the guy who's reading off the rules says, okay, you know, informs us that we will be touched and we might get hit with stuff. And I'm like, don't we have to sign a waiver? If anybody's naked, I'm going to kick somebody's ass. So as I said, the whole theme this year is superstitions. But there was also an additional attraction in there called the Fun House. And that's where we started off. You go in there and this whole, it's this whole Fun House thing. They threw you in this room and there's nobody in there. But there's all these crazy lights, and, and the walls are doing weird things. I can't really describe it because, you know, you're trying to take in everything at once. There's a couple of black curtains in there, and they keep yelling. Someone's yelling at you, go through the black curtain. Go through the black curtain. So I go to one of the black curtains. I walk right into it, and there's just a wall there. And I go to another black curtain. There's a wall there. I go to another black curtain. There's a wall there. I'm like, how the fuck do you get out of there? And I finally get to another, the last of the black curtains, and it just, as I was about to walk through, it comes flinging open, and there's an evil clown in there with one of those gigantic powder puff things. So it's like, makeup! Pfft, hits me right in the face, and I'm covered in baby powder for the rest of the day. But I'm like, okay. And at least I wouldn't have to worry about my big bald head being shiny for the next 50 hours. This is a great way to start this all off. Because I've been in the house for 20 seconds, and I'm already completely disoriented, even though the room is completely well lit. And out of somewhere comes this little gargoyle creature that kind of look like, well, he looked kind of like a cross between a gargoyle and one of those slee stacks from Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. And we had a screamer in the group. She was great. This girl, you know, because of course everyone's immediately attracted to this girl because she's freaking out and the little slee stack guy's all humping up. But finally, we, we get into the superstition-themed area of the house. And again, had an asylum theme, sort of like Fear on 21st Street earlier this year. And there was a nurse who took our names and explained the rules, you know, not to agitate the patients or anything like that. And as you went from room to room, each of the patients and each of the rooms introduced a different superstition. Like right away, uh, the, the, I think the first room was about stepping on a crack, breaking your mom's back. And, and later on, it was find a penny, pick it up. And then it was about Friday the 13th and things like that. And every room you would go through, one of you at least were forced to break the the superstition, and either in that room or the following room, the whole group would pay the price. And it was also about this point in the penny room that I was separated from the group. They, they warned us that one of you might get separated from the rest of your group, and it turned out to be me. The uh, inmate in the room, she gave me and this other guy a penny, each a penny. She wanted to know who had tails. That was me, and she said, lucky you, you get to meet my sister. And I get dragged off in the next room, which is completely dark. I can't find my way out. I'm still not sure if I did something wrong or I was supposed to wait in there, but I couldn't find a way out. And there was someone in the room with me meowing. So I'm like, here, kitty. Here, kitty. And I've been in there what feels like a long time. So I finally said, kitty, am I supposed to be doing something or do I wait here? And I get thrown out into a hallway. I can't find my group. The inmates are yelling at me. I realize I'm in this maze walking in circles. I keep coming back to the same rooms, and they're all like, you're going the wrong way. You're never getting out of here. I'm like, I realize that. I'm aware of that. Can you tell me which way is the right way? And, of course, nobody's going to help. Eventually, I catch up with my group, and all was well. Just in time for a very bad thing to happen. I shouldn't have been surprised. It keeps happening everywhere I go. I've complained about it before. But it's just confirming my previous suspicions. I cause vaginas. To explode. Another fucking 
traumatic exploding vagina experience. Okay, now that I think about it, this was back in the funhouse, but this is definitely not a fun part of the funhouse. Go into a room and there was a lady clown on a table and she's all up in the stirrups and she's like, oh, I'm birthing. I'm going to have a baby. I'm having a baby right now. And she's got her privates all covered with a sheet, thankfully. And I breathe this sigh of relief because, like, I don't need to see no clown vagina. But, you know, I spoke too soon because next thing the sheet comes flying off and there it is. Because underneath this sheet, nothing was normal size. Like, her legs all of a sudden were gigantic and what was between them was even bigger. And it was smiling at me like, Hi, Patrick. I bet you know what I'm going to do now that you're here. And it was just gross. I was like, I can't believe I'm looking at this. And nice touch, since it was a clown, she had clown pubes, which means they were all like rainbow. Like, oh, festive. <laughs> and next thing you know, this ha- this man in a loincloth comes bursting out of the vagina as it explodes. And he's dragging an umbilical cord and then the umbilical cord slapping people. And guess what? She's having twins. And as an additional shock, one of the girls from our group came popping out of the, out of the clown vagina as well. Because she had actually been separated. I didn't notice. I guess or I hope her date noticed. But there she is. Big smiles. Hands in the air. Hi, everybody. Here I am standing in this rainbow-pubed, giant, smiling, exploded vagina. Now, I talked to this girl afterwards. And I said, you know what? I don't know you. You don't know me. But because of what just happened, you, Tracy, are Scream Queen of the Week. I don't know if you're listening. You probably thought I was a psychopath, but congratulations, Stacy, for bursting out of a clown's pussy. You are the Scream Queen of the Week, and there's no fucking tiara for you, and there never will be, because you got clown pubes in your head. And throughout the rest of the house, the fun keeps going on. Um, you know, uh, there's, there's, there's a black cat crossing your path, and this Bloody Mary makes an appearance. And all in all, oh, and even even for the actors, there was the curse of saying Macbeth on stage. And I don't want to give too much away, because they, I found out from my friend and former co-worker, John Harlicker, who is one of the creative des- uh, directors of the house now, that they're considering doing this year-round now. And so this extra couple of weekends was an experiment. And it seems to be working because people were indeed there. So I don't want to talk too much about any of the surprises in the house because who knows, it might be running for a while. And if it is, I, I hope it is. And definitely check it out. I had a great time. Considering I'm all burnt out on Halloween haunted houses, really it was the last thing I wanted to see. But I am completely 100% glad that I went even though another vagina exploded in my face. You would think I would become desensitized to it, but I don't. Every time it's a new horror. Even when I saw it coming, no pun intended, like, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, here it comes. Here it comes. Here is another one. But then when it was that big and that colorful, I said this was just taken to a new height. And by the way, I see that there is a video that the, that the cast of the Nightmare House shot of their closing night performance where each of them got a chance to get birthed out of the giant vagina. So I will be attaching a copy of that video in the show notes because really it's got to be seen so you can enjoy my suffering with me. So, Nightmare Superstition, an excellent way to round out the Halloween season. Check them out at www.hauntedhousenyc.com. Thank you, John Holliker. Thank you, Timothy Haskell. And fuck you, pregnant clown lady. You ever hear of a goddamn bikini wax? God.
Okay, so we're going to talk about Skyline, which is a movie that just completely snuck under my radar until I saw a poster of it like two weeks ago. But again, George of the New York City Horror Movie Meetup Group comes through and scores us some free preview tickets. So we go at 11 o'clock on Thursday night to see what all the hullabaloo is about. You don't know what the hullabaloo is about? Let's listen to the damn trailer. Shh, it's rolling. Oh, how's it morning already? coming in. Every major city in the world is experiencing the same encounter. They're everywhere. The further we get out of the city, the better off we are. He's right. We have no idea what they're capable of. Now, someone much funnier than me in the horror movie meetup group called this movie Cloverfield meets One Tree Hill, and that pretty much sums it up. But you know me, I can't just review the movie. I have to give you the whole experience. So, like I said, we know we're going to be standing online for hours beforehand. So what do you do? You have cocktails first, like you do. So we get a little liquored up and we go and wait online. Most of it was uneventful. We're all having a good time, laughing and giggling, until this like 80-year-old woman comes up. And she's like, oh, I have an extra ticket if anyone else needs one. We're like, no, old lady, we're all right. And she continues to stand there, like right next to me. And she keeps tugging on my jacket. I'm like, are you sure no one needs a ticket? I hate to see it go to waste. Like, no, we're all good, baby. She's like, oh, is it okay if I stand here with you? I'm like, okay, now you're starting to freak me out. And I kind of pictured her sitting next to me the whole movie and like touching my leg, you know, getting fresh. Cutting a hole in the bottom of her popcorn box. Next thing you know, before the night's over, I'm getting a gumdrop. Yeah. Fortunately, my knight in shining armor came over to rescue me. No, not Mr. Brad. He couldn't come to this one. It was my new friend, Matthew. He is in the horror movie meetup group, and I've seen him there a couple of times, but I had never actually been introduced to him, nor did I ever get his name. So I was always calling him the name I dubbed him in my head that night, which was Captain Ha Ha Pants. Because... You know, I was hearing his conversations with the people, and he was really funny, and it was cold out, so he was wearing leather pants, see, allegedly to keep warm, and he couldn't stop talking about his leather pants. So he's funny, leather pants, ha-ha pants. 
Captain Haha Pants. So Captain Haha Pants comes over and rescues me from the old woman. He became a very, very close friend of mine very quickly this evening because as soon as he saw me online, he goes, Hey, you're the Scream Queens guy. Your show is really funny. So immediately, he's my favorite person in the world right now. He came over and pulled me away and he like punched the old woman in the face and, and, and he dragged me away and told me some story about being beat up by neo-Nazis or some crap that was really... Well, anything was better than being gum-jobbed by the old woman, but that's not the point right now. He gave me a bit of information that put him in the running for Scream Queen of the Week. And since it was only going to be hours before I would start recording this show, I said, you know what? You're going to get it. You are my Scream Queen of the Week. Well, guess what, bitch? You're not. Somebody beat you. You have been outdid. Of course, you still have time to call in or have your friend call in like I requested you to. That might bump you up a notch, you know. If you're in it for the glory, you might as well be in it for the glory. Because you're not getting the tiara. Ever. Around this point where I took a look at the little card that we had, you know, a little tickety thing that had the movie poster on it. And I saw on the description of the movie at the back that it was directed by the same assholes who directed Alien vs. Predator Requiem. A.K.A. AVP hyphen R. Fuck you! And I'm like, oh, shit, I don't want to see this. And I didn't really want to see it. I wasn't excited about it anyway. And this did not do anything to fan the fires of anticipation deep inside my business. So I went in with a huge grudge. And a woman old enough to be my great-grandmother grabbing on my pooter. So I am not looking forward to this. And then they roll the trailers. And these two movies look so fucking awful. When a whole audience goes looks collectively at each other and goes, wow, that looks terrible. That's not a good sign. Then they start showing this other bitch with this other trailer with these rich-ass bitches. They look like they're look like they're off either Gossip Girl or something, and it was about them being rich bitches, and their parents die, so they lose their money, so they have to go and live in the Spanish ghetto, and it was so bad that the projector blew up. Yep, right in the middle of the trailer, the, the projector just stops working. There's a thing where the, the film goes... It was like God said, no, no, not tonight. So there was much rejoicing. But I'll tell you, when the movie started up again, we all had this moment of collective fear that they were going to show those two damn trailers again. We're like, no, please, no, please, no, please. But they didn't. They just got right into the movie. Now, Cloverfield meets One Tree Hill pretty much sums it up. And I have to say, overall, it was better than I expected it to be. It was not a bad movie. They've learned a lot since uh, Aliens vs. Predator. I can't even say it. You know what I mean. That last piece of shit. But the similarity, the similarity to Cloverfields are really obvious. Well, not really obvious, but they're just prominent. I just, they just moved it to L.A. For the first chunk of the movie, we're following these ridiculously rich 20-somethings and their ridiculously lush lifestyle. And in the middle of their big party, these blue lights come falling out from the sky. And, well, if you look at them, you get hypnotized. If you look at them, you're in their thrall. And you kind of start to cook. Like, your skin guts get all veiny and weird, and your eyes get all, like, white and, and boiledy looking. And you basically just, you're like a moth to the, um, the bug zapper. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Actually, that is exactly it. It's the same color as a bug zapper, and you just walk right into it, and they, yay, they eat you. Or they get sucked up into their ship where they eat you, or something. Like I said, this is not a bad movie. The special effects are pretty good. The aliens are pretty interesting, because first there's a ship. And then this thing's flying around that look like ships. Then you realize, oh no, they're organic. They're actually creatures. And they're all kind of Lovecraftian. They were kind of like aqua creatures from space. Now, like There was the big mothership. That was fine. And then there was one that looked like an octopus. It had all these crazy tentacles. And it would be like, after you. And 
there was one that was like a crab, and it would be walking. It was really big, a really big crab, like rah, 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 King Kong crab, blah, blah. And then there was one that was like a squid, just floating around like swish, swish, swish. And yeah, but they all had their Cthulhu squiddy faces. And I'm like, oh my God, they're from a Lovecraftian dimension. But you know what? I have to give another credit to this movie. They didn't give you hell out. They gave you no backstory about the aliens. You never find out where they're from or what they want or how to defeat them or any of that other bullshit stuff that you normally get that bugs all this down stuff you couldn't possibly know. And really, when you're in the thick of it, doesn't really matter. All you know is those things are bad and they want to eat me and I, I want to stay alive. The problem with the movie is the dialogue. There is these bogged down by these really long dialogue-heavy scenes that are just so pedantic. They're just... And they go on and on and on. And the whole movie, it's, and the other problem is, is that it's very, takes itself way too seriously. It's got this aura of self-importance to it that it's not living up to. And like if it had a laugh in it, it would be better. Because then, yeah, so everyone just sits around and snipes at each other until finally they get forced out of the building and everyone's running for their lives and it's the, the chase is on and it's Cloverfield and yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to spoil it. Too much, because it's not, like I said, it's not bad. It's not, I would not recommend it. You know, if you go to a matinee or you rent it or someone's paying for your ticket, sure, what the hell, go see it. You could do worse. But um, something happens at the end here, and I'm going to do my best not to spoil it. The story comes to a certain head. It looked like this is where the movie was ending, and I said, I am really surprised. And I have to give everybody involved with this movie credit for ending this movie like this, because this is a really brave thing to do in a Hollywood movie. It was still kind of silly, but just it was brave enough for me to go, okay, okay, good for you. Break the mold. But then all of a sudden, they tacked on another five minutes that literally felt like they were tacked on, like the original ending didn't test well with preview audiences, so they just whipped up this other little everything wrapped up in a stupid, kind of sloppy, but it's a bow, anyway, sort of an ending that just made us all roll our eyes, and it had a lot of poop in it. There was lots of alien poop. Now, normally I'm all for that, but at this point, I was ready to go home. I had to pee, and I'm like, okay, are we over? Oh, we're not over. Okay, just get to the end, because I'm going to pee in the popcorn. I'm going to pee on this old lady. She wouldn't have known. She probably already peed on herself like those people do. So the cast has some kind of familiar faces in it. You know, um, the main guy is Eric Balfour, who I've seen in a million things, but I will always know him as the guy that you thought was going to be a main character in Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV series, but then got knocked off in the first episode. There's the dude from um, Scrubs is in it who plays, he's like the big rich Hollywood dude who has some job that none of us could figure out what it was. We're like, is it music? Is he a director? Is he a photographer? Or is he just rich? I don't know. That was weird. But he got his braces off. The guy from Scrubs got his braces off. So I'm like, you rock on with your bad self, with your straight teeth. One of the girls in it, his girlfriend, is played by Brittany Daniel. I had no idea who this person was. But apparently, the girls in the horror movie meetup group were very excited because she used to be on Sweet Valley High. And she's got a twin sister that looks just like her. Which is unfortunate because you can tell she was pretty once, but she's looking pretty road hard in this movie. I'm, I'm sorry. Brittany, moisturize. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But the... Big surprise, I didn't know who he was in this, is David Zayas, the guy who plays Batista on the Dexter series. And he shows up for one line as a bellhop at the beginning, and I'm like, really? That's it? But then no one, a big chase scene in the middle of the movie, he shows up and saves the day for the time being in this big crashing moment. He ba literally comes crashing into the scene and saves the day, and the thought that ran through my head was like, oh, it's like a deus sex latina. And then I beat myself up for making such a horrible joke. I'm sorry, that's a really literary joke for you people that don't understand it. Too bad! 
Look it up. Actually, good luck looking it up because you won't find it because I just made it up. <laughs> Mad with the power. So, okay, reasons to see this movie. The special effects are good. The cinematography is good. The alien effects are great. There's some great ooky moments. Daniel Zayas is awesome, as always. He's, he's Batista. He's great. And overall, it was almost an exciting popcorn movie. What's not so great about it, like I said, the dialogue is awful. There's way too much talking. There's not enough action. There's way too much sitting around bitching. Way too much banal 20-something problems that really don't matter when the world's ending around you. And because of all this banal blabbing, there's no sense of urgency to this film. It's the apocalypse, and everybody's really kind of blasé about it. They're like, oh, man... I'm going to miss my hair appointment. Not really, but that's the feeling of it. Even chase scenes that should be intense, they're not. All the ingredients are there, but for some reason they're just not coming together to make me get excited because they're, I, I don't know, I just didn't. It wasn't gelling is what I'm trying to say. God. It takes itself way too seriously. It thinks it's a much better movie than it actually is. There's a ridiculous tacked on ending. All of the monsters have big scary vagina mouths and you'll pretty much forget everything that happened five minutes after you left the theater, which is why I'm having trouble talking about the movie. So you know what? I'm done talking about the movie. Except for this. These aliens traveled millions and billions of light years to come to Earth for the sole purpose of eating brains. We find out in this tacked out scene that they're sucking out all these people's brains. Okay, so you came all this way to eat brains and you landed in L.A. <laughs> You're stupid. I can see if you wanted to eat silicone, you come there. Oh my God. God! Okay, now I'm done. End scene! I'm not the one who's so far away When I feel the snake bite enter my veins Never did I wanna be here again And I don't remember why I came get started on the voicemail and oh boy do we have a lot of voicemail I did want to address one email that I got uh, and actually I got it a while ago and it got lost in the shuffle so I wanted to address it now before I forgot it again and make an enemy anyway the email says Patrick 
Just thought I'd drop you a line to tell you what an awesome podcast you have. Love it! And it's all in caps with like 14 O's. So that's why I said love it. I was not just interpreting the text. Okay, back to the email. Anyway, you mentioned a while ago that you were trying to name that section of the podcast Nightmares from Your Closet. Yes, I am. Well, back in the day, I was so far in the closet, I was basically in Narnia. So how about Nightmares from Narnia? Keep up the great work and big Halloween hugs from the UK. Signed, Woody. Wow, my first international fan. Thank you so much for writing in, Woody. I'm sorry I missed this email beforehand, but you know how it is. No, you don't know how it is, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm an insensitive bitch, is what I'm saying. I love that you said you were so far in the closet, you were Narnia. I used to say that, and I thought I made that phrase up, so um, you're welcome. I'm going to claim credit for making it up. And I don't know about Nightmares from Narnia. Uh, I, I appreciate the effort, but I, I'm kind of seeing you know, half-naked goat men playing lutes. And that's a whole different kind of movie. Still scary, though. Anyway, Woody, thank you for writing in. Glad you're listening, and yay! Hey, Patrick, it's Joe and Cincy again. Hey, Joe. I thought I would call back, um, again, you know, go back on the carry thing a little bit. But before I do that, I didn't, like, you know, when I would listen to the podcast and listen to myself, I was realizing um, I can't pronounce pronunciate the word horror correctly. <laughs> everything, everything comes from, like, I'm talking about horror, the horror genre movies or horror movies, you know, I'm like, you're not, not alone, that there's baby. anything wrong with horror movies. I'm just saying, you know, um, I'll try to pronounce it more or enunciate it more correctly. Horror movies next time. So we're not confused. Anywho, I thought I would, um, you know, call back again about Carrie. Um, and um, you did mention something very important that I did realize when I watched the movie, um, but I forgot to talk about it when we were um when I called in last time. But Carrie is wonderful. I mean I, I know there were a whole bunch of quotes in that movie that were fabulous and yes. I know I need to watch it again yes. because some of them are just absolute classics. For every occasion. My favorite lines in that movie Plug it in. Plug it in. Plug it in. Plug it up. I mean I felt like you know, watching that I felt sorry for her for like you know, all those girls wearing tampons and maxi pads or whatever they had at her in the shower. You know, I thought, you know, I feel like, oh my God, how horrible would that be to like be humiliated like that? But like, come on, they're throwing tampons. It was actually kind of funny. <laughs> this is the whole thing about plug it in, plug it in. There's like some kind of sexual innuendos in that too, if you know what I'm talking about. So I, I love, love, love that line. And I know I'm going to be using that very often. Use it right. Let's plug it up. In the future. But another one I really liked, and I don't know why I did this one, because I know there are a lot more, but the only other one I can remember is, Temples are the Lord's way of chastising <laughs> you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know where to start with that one. I just think that's like just, com- like, just completely crazy. And I, and I just... And like oh, a whole bunch of quotes from the movie, I love it. And then you know, I will watch it. And you know, I so wish we wish we could watch that on Xbox on Netflix Live. But yeah, you know, when I watched it on Halloween, was the last night that it was uh, you know available for instant play on Netflix. No, it's not available. Well, fuck anymore. them! It'll come back. That sucks. But 
you know, I think in the future, definitely, I think it would be great if we could have, like, Xbox viewing parties of these Netflix films, the horror films. Great, 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 great. I think that would just be the most fun because, like, there's no one else to watch it with. Oh, oh, no, no, well, you got me now. Um, But, um, and I need to renew my subscription subscription to Xbox Live so I can do it. Yes, you do. I just haven't let that go. But anyway, again, um, great podcast, and I will uh, love to listen to you later. Thanks a lot. Bye. Hey, Joe, thank you so much for calling in again. I do enjoy it so much to hear your voice. Um, for a couple of reasons. It's fun to be talking to someone who's at that point where you are in your horror movie um, journey journey through the horror cinema. Shut up. You know what I mean? Because it's just fun to see. It's, it's fun to hear you discovering things like this and to discover that, yes, you did realize the joy of Carrie's wonderful lines. Every line is golden. I'm telling you, my friend, Owen and I are going to get on here, and we'll probably just wind up reciting the whole fucking movie, because pretty much anything out of Piper Laurie's mouth is golden. And he came to me, whiskey on his breath, and I felt his dirty hands touching all over me, all over me, all over me. (laughs) And I liked it. I liked it. I love it! Anyway, um, okay, so you don't think having tampons thrown at you would be really traumatic? Okay, you know what? Someday is a practical joke. When you're crying, all of a sudden, I'm naked and crying somewhere, I'm going to pop out of the closet and throw tampons at you. See how you like it. Dramatic. And speaking of Carrie, um, I don't know if everybody knows about this. There was a musical version of Carrie that hit Broadway in the 80s, and it was so bad, it's considered the biggest flop in Broadway history. They've been bootleg recordings floating around the internet for decades now, before there even was an internet. How about that? But you know what I mean. And... It's legendary in its status. And you know what? It's coming back. It's being revived off-Broadway this season, uh, or rather next season, all rewritten, hopefully better, because you know what? I saw it. I saw the original version. I was like maybe 11, and I thought it was going to be great, because even at that age, I loved Carrie, because, you know, hey, gay. But even at that age, I found... You know what? I'm going to save this conversation for when Owen's on the show talking about it. But uh, anyway, the musical's coming back, and you know what? I'll be there in the front row, and I'm going to be telling y'all all about it. And I think I'll wear something red. Red. I might have known it'd be red. Take off that dress. We'll burn it together and pray for forgiveness. Okay, I'll stop now. Horror versus horror. That's nothing to be ashamed about. That's a regionalism. And that happens all the time. I'm from New York, so we say horror for the most part. That's how I've always said it. And then I find that the majority of the country says horror. And, you know, Americans are sloppy speakers, so it gets slurred to whore. One syllable. And, you know, what? most of my friends now, all you podcast people, are from the Midwest, it seems like. So I start to pick this crap up. And so I'm talking to a friend of mine about watching all the Hammer movies on AMC. And he's like, oh, what ones did they show? What Dracula ones? And I said, oh, well, Taste the Blood of Dracula. Dracula is risen from the grave. Horror of Dracula. And he's like, horror of Dracula? I've never seen that one. I meant horror. He's like, what's the matter with you? Are you from Fargo? And I said, mm, not yet. Um, and Xbox, yes, you need to renew your pres- prescription. You need to renew your prescription to Xbox. Uh, I think they're on sale right now, the gold membership, so now's a good time. And, of course, the uh, first Netflix viewing party is still scheduled, as far as I know, for November 20th. I thought that was Horror Hound weekend weekend, but it's not. But you know what? I committed to it, and that's where it's going to be. 
And speaking of Horror Hound Weekend, that's another one that got me into a lot of trouble. I told my mother last year, she's like, oh, where'd you go on vacation? I'm like, it was, it was you know, a movie convention called Horror Hound Weekend. And she didn't say anything, but months later, she's like, well, I don't know what kind of convention that was that you went to, but I hope you were careful. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, you know, the, the horror convention. I'm like, the, not horror, horror hound. What the hell is a horror hound? Yeah, I don't, I'm out for horrors. Roof, roof. I'd bump it up to this weekend, but you know who's going to be in town right here in New York City? Zombark. And we're going to the theater. And we're going to see something really cool that we're going to be talking about right here. Isn't that cool? Well, it better be cool because that's what's happening. All right, Joe, thank you so much for calling in. And you know what? Marty got voted out tonight. Yes! Yes! Dancing, dancing, joy. Dancing, dancing, joy. And starting the other calls. Bye, Joe. Well, Patrick of the Scream Queens, this is Metal Mikey with no real added add letters to it to give it oh. spice. But this is fucking Metal Mikey. So that's enough for any person out there. Anyways, uh, listen to episodes 12 and 13 of Scream Queens Day. And as always, much chuckles and amusement and information was gained from your show. But have a few thoughts. Well, when don't I call and have a few thoughts? It's a lot of rambling, but it's also thoughts. So first off, for your headlocking guy at the mystery theater thing, I'm sorry, I can't remember the title of it. I'm sorry. Don't you have no like full rights to knee him in the nuts in return? Because he's obviously breaching uh, audience and performer kind of thing. So you should have given him a full-on knee to the groin there. Or a spin kick to the face. Either way, it works. Yeah. And Night of the Demons remake. It's ironic you talk about that because I did get that on DVD this week. Or actually, no, it was last week. No, it was this week. But the strangest thing is, I got it in the most unlikely source. I got it through my library system. That's right. Public libraries are providing me with the remake of Night of the Demon. Go figure. Apparently, they want us to learn about exploding vaginas. So, hey. But, you know, you're still going to give an iffy review. I'm still going to check it out. Although, you you know what you did do? You sold it to me. You made it sound iffy, but you sold it to me. Why? Because you mentioned big boobs and heavy metal music. What? That's like a custom fit for Metal Mikey. Come on, already. And, all right, officially, I'm going to make it official here. Mazel tov to Scream Queens. Except now you're 15 years old or yeah. 16 episodes old. Oh, I don't Time know. Time on. Sun but sun, <laughs> I sun, really love the Haunted sun, Asylum story sun, that you presented. And even with all the spoilers being dry, I really, really want to see Blood and Lace myself. And I'm just going to say, you can contradict me if you want, but I get a feeling that B. Arthur knew from personal experience, you know, from itself, what a good man would be all about. And damn you for dredging out that song. And I don't know why I said <laughs> Madam and Jeff. It just sounds like something familiar, but... It's the same madam we're talking about, and God, if I ever run into one of the replica puppets for that fucking abomination, I'm going to stomp it to hell <laughs> into oblivion. I know what you're doing for Christmas. And what's this? You have a promo for Screen Queens? Well, hook a brother up, man. I'll be more than glad to promote you on Action Attraction, you know, whenever I do record episodes. Yeah. 
Anyways, uh, just uh, hit me up when any sort of way you want to, and I will gladly promote the hell out of Scream Queens. Why? Because I'm calling, and I think Scream Queens totally rocks, and you take it easy, and I'm going to talk to you later, because I'm going to be putting some episodes on the player, and there will be much more to talk about. So, talk to you later. Bye. Mikey, thank you so much for calling in, as always, with your insight. I'm doing air quotes with my fingers. Um, yeah, the douche in the park. Yeah, it would have been great to kick him in the nuts, but you know what? Then the show's about him, and it's about me. It was best just to, you know, burst his bubble of power that he thought he had, and, you know, make him look like a pussy in front of all of the girls that he, because he was in a whole, ter- uh, his whole team was women. And he's like, I'm going to be the big man. And he's just, and he was a big man. This me, his little, little faggot, little me was like, oh, no, you didn't. Made the big man back down. So I was like Gandhi, but hotter. Okay. Awkward. Um, yeah, Night of the Demons, rock on with it. I mean, it, it, I, I, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It'd probably be fine on video, but when you stood online for three hours, I wanted something more than that. And rock on to your library for putting it out there. My library does that, too. I was in there a couple of weeks ago, and they had this weird... You can take out 10 videos at a time, so people like go out there with shopping carts full of DVDs. Like, you're lucky if anything is in stock. But I noticed they had the unrated cut of Showgirls, and I said, okay. Because people need to know about taint, and the R-rated version has a little less taint than the uncut version. And Showgirls is an important work of art that everyone should see. Everyone! Especially with a queen. And as for spoiling Blood and Lace... I was really just wetting your whistle. I mean, I can't really consider it spoiling it if it's not out there for you to see anyway. I was thinking of it more like a radio drama. I was I was like President Roosevelt reading the funny pages on the radio during the Depression. I was bringing the cinema to you. Shut up. Thank you for calling, Metal Mikey. And, oh, yeah, I'll get that promo out to you ASAP. Hey, Patrick. This is Jay the Honk Cub calling just to say howdy. Uh, I am in the middle of listening to episode 15, and uh, you have just started on your rant against the Saw movies, which I Mm. uh, don't even bother to see, to be honest with you. I saw the first two in the theater, and that was kind of enough for me. Um, But I enjoyed your review of Straight Jacket, which I actually saw last year. Comcast was doing a a run of William Castle movies on Fearnet. So I watched Fantastic. that with a couple of others, The Tingler and some other ones like that, and I really enjoyed mm-hmm. all of them. Um, I try to kind of put myself back in the day, you know, when I watch that in that kind of frame of mind so I can try to appreciate it more than a modern audience would. I was curious as to whether you have seen a show, a movie called House of Fears. Uh, I rented it on Instant Watch Netflix this past weekend because the premise really attracted me. Basically, mm-hmm. um, I've seen it. It takes place in a haunted attraction, you know, a um, seasonal haunted attraction. Uh, Somebody comes back with a possessed, well, I'm not sure I'd say possessed, but a enchanted or haunted um, totem or doll uh, from Africa. And um, it winds up inhabiting the attraction and causes people to live their greatest fears, which is what the attraction was built on. Um, mm-hmm. I would say I gave it a three out of five on, um, Netflix cause it doesn't allow for half stars. I enjoyed it. I, I really liked the setting and I thought, um, 
you know, I tried to view it as though if I were actually going to this haunted house, would I enjoy it? And I, I found that portion of it pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And the idea behind it cool. The acting was just, you know, so-so, yeah. um, kind of predictable and things like that. But I, I did enjoy it. Uh, so I would give it a sort of pseudo-recommend um, just for your, your background in, uh, in the haunted attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about what I gave it. Um, you might want to check it out. I don't know. If, I hope you have. It's not one you've reviewed, and I have forgotten about because I have. No, 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 no. I I didn't bother but, with that. Um, and the other thing I wanted to ask you was uh, horror survival games. I didn't know if you were into gaming at all. I well, actually, now that I say that, I, I do believe you said something about your uh, being on Xbox. I um, have a PS3, and uh, actually Ooh. just recently ordered uh, 360. Yay! Just to uh, have some games that I don't, I can't get on my PS3. But I'm a big horror survival fan, um, and I'm just kind of wondering which, if you've ever reviewed any games, and if not, maybe something you might consider in a future show. I'd be curious to see what your take is on some games like Silent Hill and things like that. Anyway, keep up the good work. Love listening to the show. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay, Jay Haunt Cup. Thank you so much for calling in. As always, um, that was a lot to talk about. That was a great call. Um, where to even start? Okay, let's start with, uh, well, William Castle movies. And you talked about how you put yourself back in the day. I always try to do that, too. I kind of just do that instinctually anyway. Because, like I've said in previous shows, the modern audiences are very cynical. And, you know, if you showed a modern movie to people back then, their heads would blow up. I'm sure if you, if you showed somebody in 1960 Avatar, they would just, like, spontaneously combust. Not even be able to process it. So you have to remember that, like, with Psycho, nobody knew how that was going to end. Nobody knew the big twist. Nobody knew Norman Bates was the killer. So if you watch it now, you're like, well, obviously it's him. Or even things like The Omen. I remember seeing it with my friend Michelle, and she's like, oh, that 666 stuff is so corny. I'm like, well, you didn't see it before this movie. So I find putting yourself in the shoes of the audience always is a good way to go and keeps you um, a little more innocent and a little less bitchy. House of Fears, yeah, I, 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 had I watched that on Netflix, bleh, had I watched that on Netflix Instant View, I probably would have liked it a bit more, but I watched it on pay-per-view, pay-per-view, and I was not happy with it, because I got the impression, after about a half an hour of it, that it felt like a made-for-sci-fi channel movie, so I said, there's no swearing, and there's no blood, and there's no real violence, and it's really glossy looking, and I just kind of felt like it was made for TV. It was okay. I was getting annoyed because the people were stupid in it, and you know how I hate that. I hate that, because the whole time I'm going, where's the fire exit? Of course it wouldn't have been open, but at least you could have said, there's got to be a fire exit around here somewhere, but no. Um, I would have given it maybe two, two and a half stars. Uh, I Like I said, I saw it on pay-per-view, and I... Didn't feel enough one way or the other to review it on the show. So I'm glad you liked it, though. That's cool. And, you know, a movie about a cursed totem thing should have been cool, but I'm sorry. Nothing's going to compare. If you're going to be a cursed totem, nothing at all compares to the evil Tiki from the Brady Bunch when they were in Hawaii. Nothing. Because everything in my life eventually boils down to the Brady Bunch. It's just the way it is. Um... And for gaming, I, I'm, I game. I'm not the best gamer. I mean, the, the Xbox 60 thing, I don't really utilize a hell of a lot just because it turns out most of my friends are all in their groups already. And I, you know, most of their, the online gaming has a num- limited number of people that can fit in. So I'm left out, unfortunately. Um, 
but that's cool. Uh, but as for games that I like, I, I don't have my my games in front of me. But of course, I like the Left 4 Dead series. They're a lot of fun. Uh, you know, single player and online and that whole thing. I'm, I'm okay with the regular multiplayer game. But when it gets into these versus games, I just don't understand the process. And everybody else is way ahead of me. And nobody will. You can't. There's no there's no practice mode for these games. So I, I can't catch on because I'm slow and retarded. But cute. But I like the Left 4 Deads. I like um, Dead Space, which sounds like sci-fi, but it's really, really horrific. Uh, what the hell else do I even have? I can't think of anything, but if I do, I'll let you know. Uh, of course, uh, Red Dead Redemption is a Western, but they just came out with downloadable content that's got zombies in it. It's supposedly good. I haven't played it yet because I'm poor. This really wasn't very informational. But you know what? Get an Xbox. Be my friend. We'll learn these things together. We are the world. We are the losers. No, we're not. We're awesome. We're so awesome that I'm going to take another call. Hey, Patrick, it's Vaughn. Um, Hi, Vaughn. Listen to your recent episode, you did. A, you talked about um, fucking Street Jacket. Fantastic little fucking William Castle picture. Um, two things that I can probably give you an insight on. Um, one about the Pepsi Cola thing. Um, Joan Crawford was, like, contractually obligated to have Pepsi in everything that she did. Because I guess she had, like, a contract. I, I, she had a really big contract with them, I guess, at the time. I guess uh, well, to do promotion and so, whatnot, being, uh, do being commercials. The president, the so anything president. she was in, she had to have Pepsi in the film. Like, any films, I think. That's what I was told. This, um, it's from a, uh, this information I got was from a, from a documentary on William Castle and his wife's work called Spine Tingler. Um, you can catch it on that William Castle collection that's out on DVD. Ooh, I like the sound um, of that. Really good stuff. Yeah, but so she was, she had to uh, have Pepsi and anything. That's why it's such an awkward scene in the film. Um, well, yeah. Now, uh, in the Robert Block thing, I think Robert Block was always trying to make up for the fact that he got fucked out of a lot of money when he sold when they sold uh, Psycho. And he was never uh, pro- properly told yeah. who did it, who bought the rights to his book, and he actually like really lost out on a lot of cash on that. Yeah, I would think um, so. So I think he was always trying to make up for that. He even at one point, he he wrote Psycho Two before they made Psycho Two in the the, the film Psycho Two, which is a terrible fucking sequel. All those sequels are covered. Yeah, three I read and it. Four, oh, god awful. Um, and he put he actually wrote a book before that film was made, so we can so we can actually jump on the uh, on the supposed um, kind of I guess I guess you say there was hoopla going on at the time because hoopla. What's his fucking face, I can't remember when he came back to reprise his role as a. Uh, as the bass boy in uh, Psycho 2. Anthony Perkins. Anyway, um, loving the show. Thank you. I've been listening to maybe like two and a half, three months now. Wow. Um, Yeah, pretty much everything you so far tackled and talked about is pretty cool. Even having that douchebag Brian on your show last week. Yeah. um, For the horrors on, that was actually pretty good. All the the added pieces in there, especially um, all the stuff about him fucking uh, crazy Uncle Randy in the ass. That was pretty good. No, it's all true. Um, so that, yeah. See you later. Great show. I'll talk to you uh, some other time. Goodbye. Vaughn, buddy, thank you so much for calling in. That was awesome to hear from you. Uh, for those of you not in the know, Vaughn is the host of the very cool Motion Picture Massacre podcast. So you can go check them out over at www.motionpicturemassacre.com. Um, yeah, I, I'm not surprised she had that Pepsi-Cola contract going on you know because she's a whore and you know she had a huge stake in the company was vice president was fucking the president i'm thinking of all this disgusting stuff she probably could have done with pepsi with 
with her private parts, and I don't want to go there because I don't want to think about Joan Crawford doing any of those things, especially with those eyebrows, because I'm picturing those eyebrows over her private parts, and ah, it's bad. And yeah, that scene could not have been more awkward. I mean, the Pepsi-Cola case was taken up like three quarters of the screen. And then framed on either side, having a conversation like four feet apart from each other. It was odd. It was very odd. And yeah, Robert Block... I didn't know that. It makes sense. I did actually read the Psycho 2 novel. I picked it up as a kid before the movie ever even came out, and it was bad. I don't remember anything about it except for nuns. He kills nuns at the beginning. I think he dressed as a nun. Nuns are scary. I know that from experience. The book was not. Uh, the, the movie I didn't think was awful, but it wasn't great. But the rest of them are garbage. Garbage. And not because she's the drunken zombie asshole said so. Took a whole fucking month for them to tell us that the series sucked. We could have told you that in five minutes, dick burgers. Yeah, and you're right. I know. I, it was it was silly of me to let Brian on the show because, you know, he, he just ruins everything that he touches. It's just the way it is. And, you know, it turns out he was actually calling from the toilet bowl the whole time. That's why he kept dropping out. It's true. It's true. Amanda told me. So it's got to be true. It is. Okay, I'm switching. I, uh, Okay, let's let's move along because I'm feeling really uncomfortable and on. But you know what? Before I do, I've got a confession to make. Vaughn, did you get a hang-up message late Saturday night, something like that, around 11.45 Eastern Standard Time? Someone just all of a sudden said, sorry, wrong number, and held up in a panic, hung up in a panic. That was me. I don't know what happened. I was using my internet phone, and for some reason it auto-dialed your number because it was the last thing to come in on the voicemail and I hadn't checked the voicemail so I didn't know who I was talking to. I was calling a woman and then you answered and you're very, um, well, you're very Vaughn when you answer the phone and you scared me. You scared me a lot. So uh, that was me. Sorry to bother you. So please don't beat me up. Hey, Patrick. It's Chris from the 42nd Street Drive-In. I just wanted hey, to Chris. say thank you so much from Sean and myself for supporting us and plugging our new show and for listening to the Blackfoot Lounge for all the episodes we've been on there. Oh, you uh, Hopefully you'll enjoy our new show just as much. And, again, you're still our favorite show, so keep up the great work oh. and keep it angry, my friend. Thank you, and, hey, have a great weekend. You're very welcome, Chris. I'm glad you guys are off doing a new show and – it's going to be something that you both really enjoy this time, so that's really great. And it better be a good show, or I'm going to kick your fucking ass. I'm going to open up your mail one day, and you're going to find a used pair of Peach's panties in there, and that'll just teach you putting out a sucky product. Anyway, um, is, I don't know if there's a, a website for your show yet. Where can we find you guys? Because I tried Googling. I don't see you. I don't see you! Let me know! Otherwise, how can I call and mock you? Anyway, best of luck with the new show, and thanks for calling. Hi, Patrick. It's Betty. Hey, Betty. I wanted to call in and say a couple of things about some of your latest shows. Um, mm. Paperback Swap, as you now know, I'm also a member. And anybody out there that reads should check that site out because it's a great way to get books cheap and get rid of what you don't want um, and give true. somebody else a chance to read them. Um, it's great. And, um, uh, yeah, I have some suggestions uh, real quick uh, for some authors other than Stephen King that you might like um, and anybody listening might like. Uh, Joe Hill, he's actually Stephen King's son. He wrote a great book. Um, his first novel was called Heart Shaped Box, and it's a ghost story. And um, it's really a great book. Um, I would highly recommend that. Also, anything by Brian Keene, Jack Ketchum, or Richard Lehman, they're all good authors as well. Bentley Little's a good choice, too. I've read a few of his things, and he's got quite a big catalog himself. Um, 
Oh, Straight Jacket. I can't believe you reviewed Straight Jacket. When I saw it come up on the iTunes description, I started laughing before I even heard you say anything because I just watched it like three weeks ago. Um, Vaughn over at Motion Picture Massacre had actually talked about it, which is oh, why okay, I had it in okay, my okay. Netflix instant queue. It's not available that way anymore because they have the habit of taking things off the list of things you can watch instantly for no apparent reason. But you can get it as a DVD. Um, sent to your house, a double feature with something called Homicidal, which I think might have been in the trailer or something that you played on the show. Uh, I think it was mentioned. Um, Another William Castle movie. All in all, not bad things to have at your house to watch. Not Um, at all. So, yeah, Joan Crawford's scary as hell. (laughs) All she has to do is look at the camera, and I'm terrified. But uh, (laughs) it was a great, great movie. Um, Cheesy ending. Uh, it was just great fun. I'm sure you and, and Bradford had a great time watching oh, it together. Oh, we had a um, Blood and Lace is available on Netflix Instant, folks, so you should what? check it out because that is one crazy movie. What? And uh, my boyfriend Darren and I, he listens to you too, by the way. He's just very shy and he'll probably never call. Uh, so say hi to Darren. Hi, Darren. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a great movie. Terrible acting. Um, it's a terrible movie. What am I saying? But it's a fun movie. Check terrible acting. The plot line is nuts. And uh, the hammer cam was awesome. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, and then just a quick message to all you young kids out there. I do remember GP movies, barely. And I do remember when you could come in in the middle of a film and then sit there for the next uh, showing uh, and watch it all day if you if you felt like it. And, yeah, I think I saw my share of hobos in the theater, definitely. Um, and then lastly, I was wondering if you had seen a movie called Rope. It's a classic, 1948. Yes. No, I wasn't around then. Uh, filmed I, by I Hitchcock. So, and it's one of my favorite movies. Somebody on another podcast happened to mention it, and I thought uh, to myself, I wonder if Patrick's seen that, and if so, what does he think of it? So... That's all I had to say for now, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. My girl Betty, thank you so much for calling in, as always. Um, that was a great call. There's so much to go over in there. Uh, yeah, paperbackswap.com is a great site. You know, you list books that you want to get rid of. If somebody wants one, they'll you mail it to them. You get a credit, so you get to take one of somebody. I'll just go to the site and check it out. You'll figure it out for yourself. It's not complicated. Uh, Joe Hill, I read Heart Shape Box. I liked it. I didn't love it. I think it had gotten built up a lot for me, but still, it was a good read. I did not know he was Stephen King's son, so I've learned something here today. Brian Keene, did he write The Rising? Because if he wrote The Rising, I'm going to kick his ass. I hated that book. Yeah, I just Googled it. He wrote The Rising. Oh, I heard so much about it, and I read it, and I started to like it, and then the more I read it, the stupider it got. And, you know, once the zombies started saying things like, like when they cornered a black character and said, ooh, dark meat. I'm like, oh, really? Really? And I just found the zombies talk too much. I just remember he was the main character was spying on two zombies watching the road or something. And they're like, yes, let us go in search of humans so that we may feast upon their flesh to make way for those who have yet to come, to come into their bodies. Yes, 
says the other one. Yes, that is what we shall do. We shall feast upon the flesh of the living, for that is what we as zombies do. But we do it so that the spirits of future zombies may take over the bodies and we make more zombies. Yes, and these zombies will also feed on the... F I'm like, okay, I got it. Just stop talking about it and go do it. And then the book didn't end. Yeah, I realize it's part of a trilogy, but I didn't know that at the time, and that doesn't make up for the fact that I felt raped by the time it was over. I've had a lot of caffeine. Can you tell? Can you tell? The other offers, uh, offers? The other offers I haven't read anything of, but I've just added them to my list, and I will be checking them out. Homicidal is also awesome. It's another um, William Castle film, and uh, very different for a William Castle fil film. Um, I kind of enjoyed it because most of it takes place in Solvang, California, which is near a place where I worked, uh, a theater where I worked over the summer. And it's all filled with windmills, and it's all very Dutch and wood cluggy, and it's a weird place to set anything. So I appreciated the setting. And uh, it's, just, it's a lot of fun. I highly recommend that as well. Rope, of course I've seen Rope. It's Alfred Hitchcock. It's <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock, and it's kind of homoerotic. No, not kind of at all, since it was based on uh, Leopold and Loeb, who were, in fact, gay lovers. Those were the thrill kill killers, I believe, of the 19-teens. And actually, fun story about those two. Uh, a couple years ago, there was an off-Broadway musical written about them. It was just a two-person show uh, called Thrill Me. And it was a great, 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 great piece. And um, I might play a little of the music sometime, but not this show. It's running a little long. But the funny story about that is I'm walking out of the theater, and I'm listening to the woman behind me uh, as I'm exiting. And she's going, oh, my gosh, that was wonderful. Oh, those two were terrible. I can't believe they did that sort of thing. But they did to that boy. It was just awful. And I can't believe they went on to write Brigadoon and My Fair Lady. And I just wanted to turn around and say... That's Lerner and Lowe, you moron! Although I have to say, if Brigadoon had been written by serial killers, it would have been an even better play than it is now. Certainly something to get your kilt in a kerfuffle. God damn it, fuck you, Netflix Instant Watch. I looked for Blood and Lace for like five, six years, and I finally found it on DVD. And now it's on Instant Watch? You did that on purpose. But then again, I take a pause and remember that it's not the destination, Patrick. It's about the journey. And my quest for the film made my enjoyment of it that much more... Oh, fuck you! Wasting my time, Netflix Instant Watch. You just, you just, you just, you just... Watch yourself. I love that your man's name is Darren. And you do realize I'm going to have to call him Durwood from now on. And I'm sure you know why. bing a ding a ding that was my nose twinkling. Do, 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 do. Good night, Scream Queens. Well, it's time to go. Yes, I'm sorry to say that it is time to wrap up another episode of Scream Queens and say goodbye for the week. Next week, I actually got some plans. Well, you can know uh, Zombart and I are hopefully going to get together and talk about Play Dead. And I'm also going to be reviewing 127 Hours. That's a movie I'm not going to be reviewing for 127 hours. That would be ridiculous. God, I got better things to do. Who the fuck do you think you are? So, as always, if you want to be like all these cool people who contacted the show, like Woody and Betty and Vaughn and John Boy and Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice and me and Bobby McGee, you can write me at crew at screamqueens.com 
Or you can pick up the phone and give me a call to the voicemail line at 347-767-3509. You can like me on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. And of course, oh, you guys have got to become my friends because this Saturday, November 20th, midnight Eastern Standard Time is the first ever Scream Queens Netflix viewing party on the Xbox 360. And we're going to be reviewing Hogan's Choice, Caged Fury. And I can invite you if you're not my friend. So send me a message on the Xbox Live at and I am Red Menace NYC. That's all lowercase Red Menace Space NYC. And remember, head on over to www.podcastawards.com and nominate me in the categories of movies and film and LGBT. Everybody's doing it. You're not cool if you don't do it. So until next time, be happy, be healthy, be Arthur, and remember, as my grandmama used to say, If you can't stay in the heat, go fuck yourself! Bye! I go hunting for witches Heads up, galleries some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches! <laughs>